Welcome to the Supernatural Cast, a podcast dedicated to rewatching Supernatural from the CW. Hello, welcome back to the Supernatural Cast. I am Jimmy and Georgia, your host, and we're back after quite a few weeks yet again, as always, it seems. And so perhaps I should call this a monthly show, and then when it comes out more regularly, it's a surprise rather than a long wait with no explanation of why. But I don't know. We'll see how all this goes. I don't plan to give up on the show anytime in the near future. I just, I'm sorry I haven't been more regularly scheduled. I have been devoting most of my podcasting time here lately to a new show that I started just a few weeks ago called the Muppets Podcast, podcast dedicated to all things Muppets. And so I've been developing that website and uh, trying to keep it updated with Muppets news pretty much every day for the past like, three, four weeks. So that's definitely been the big time consumer. And then I was sick and we've had my wife's birthday. We've had Valentine's Day. We've had our anniversary, all these things. And so put all those together and it's been over a month since the last episode of Supernatural Cast. And I am sorry that it's taken so long to get to this episode, but we are back and we're going to talk home. And if you're familiar with home, there's lots of goodness here uh, with the return of John Winchester in the flesh. We have heard all about him for eight episodes. Now here in episode nine, we actually get to see him briefly. Spoiler alert at the end of the episode. And it's always good to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan here on episode of Supernatural. And speaking of guest stars, Loretta Devine is in this episode as well as the psychic Missouri Mosley and the return of Mother Winchester, Mary with guest star Samantha Smith. But I do want to just welcome you back once again to the Supernatural cast. And uh, as you may know, if, you, if you've kept up with our podcast, even though it has been kind of sporadic, we are trying to go back and rewatch Supernatural from the beginning, starting episode one of season one. And uh, here we are up to episode nine. And so we're going to get our show started here with a little bit of talk. We kind of do this, it's not necessarily a segment, <laughs> It's more or less just me talking randomly about Supernatural stuff. And I do want to say, it's been a few weeks ago now, but the Supernatural TV show did win People's Choice Awards for for favorite network TV drama and favorite sci-fi fantasy show. And so that's pretty awesome. The guys weren't there. Apparently they weren't even invited, which is kind of lame. I know some people are upset about that on Twitter, and you may have been one of those people. Supernatural is available on Netflix now, which is definitely cool. I think that'll help me with the show. I mean, I own all six seasons, but just the ability to just throw it on my iPhone, iPad, my uh, Xbox, my Wii, definitely makes it easier to watch the show without having to go get the DVDs out of the set. So that's cool, too. All right, a couple of kind of off-topic things I wanted to mention. Maybe you might be interested in, maybe you've checked them out. Uh, I did go check out The Woman in Black, a new Daniel Radcliffe movie came out, I guess, about two weeks ago now. Kind of reminded me of a Supernatural episode. A vengeful spirit trying to, to do things to stop her wrath and things. It would have been helpful if Daniel Radcliffe would have had a shotgun full of rock salt. You know, would have known the trick of putting salt around a room or something. That would have been great. But he did not, sadly. <laughs> also, uh, I checked out The River from ABC. I've seen the first three episodes as I record right now. The newest episode should be airing um, later on tonight, episode number four. 
And I've enjoyed that so far. It has the uh, director from the Paranormal Activity movie, so it's supposed to be kind of a horror TV show. I don't necessarily find it too much of a horror show, but it definitely does remind me of Supernatural. Um, they're looking for the, the dad in the situation. They have his journal. They have some of his videos and things, which kind of helps them figure out these mysteries. They know folklore and mythology of the area, which helps them defeat spirits, and which is kind of funny. But in this case, it's primarily the story of a son and a mother looking for their dad versus brothers, and which was supernatural. As a supernatural fan, you might enjoy The River if you haven't checked it out. It is on Hulu, um, so you can check it out there if you'd like. I don't know, I guess that's pretty much all I want to talk about, just real briefly. And then we're going to get into our Supernatural recap, where we recap the episode. And we're going to do that right now. Supernatural Recap Alright, well we're into our Supernatural Recap time. And we start off in the old house with a new family. The mom is sad, she's unpacking. The daughter's scared, and she has a little brother, by the way, as well. And she thinks there's something in her closet. And by golly, this is supernatural. There is. But of course, mom doesn't believe her. Reminds me of the old scene from Major Pain where he shoots the closet and uh, says, If there's something in there, he ain't happy. Anyway, the mom puts a chair in front of the door to try to keep it closed. The mom hears some strange noises. So, hmm, let's go check that out. She goes down to the basement and something comes after the daughter classic horror movie stuff here but down in the basement the mom does find a toolbox with the winchester photos and different items and then some sort of a fiery entity appears in the closet and the girl screams we see sam has a vision of the house in his dream the woman she's in trouble he sees the tree out in front of the yard he just knows they're in danger uh, but he doesn't want to share it with Dean, it doesn't seem like at first, but he does finally tell him about how his nightmares are starting to come true. And uh, he even revealed that he dreamed about Jessica's death before it happened, but he didn't do anything about it. But this time, he wants to do something about it. He wants to find out what killed his mom and what killed Jessica. Dean has sworn that he would never return, but they go check it out. <laughs> the guys arrive at the old house, and they speak with the lady. Dean tries to go into one of his fake identity modes, but Sam just tells her the truth. Uh, mostly, that they you grew up in the home and they want to see it and stuff like that. She lets him in. Little Ricky wants his juice. We find out they just moved in from Wichita, and there's uh, <laughs> all sorts of things going on, obviously. There's flickering rights and scratching. The little girl thinks something's in the closet. And Sam does know that this is the lady from his dream. This was Jenny. And Dean is kind of scared of these visions, definitely. And I think that's one of those things we'll talk about, I guess, later on more. But Sam doesn't want to talk about this stuff because he's a freak. And he doesn't want to be a freak. He's never wanted, He's always wanted to be normal. And he's. I think he's really afraid Dean might kill him, like, to some degree. Like, if Dean thinks Sam is one of these things they hunt, he's always, I think he's pretty much always afraid that, you know, Dean might want to hunt him. Um, I think that's kind of the root of a lot of his fears when it comes to a lot of this stuff. They they talk about how much they remembered about what happened that night of the fire. I mean, obviously, Dean was older, and he remembers Sam as a little baby. Dean, Sam didn't even know that Dean carried him out of the front door. And apparently, their dad never actually shared any ideas of what happened, what actually did this to, to their mom. And, you know, they're obviously thinking, well, this is the same house. Is this the same thing that killed their mom that's haunting this place now? They pretty much go into their normal investigation mode where they kind of talk to people about the person involved in the situation. This time it's their dad, so they find 
and a work associate, you know, neighbors, friends, whatever. Well, I mentioned a few minutes ago this was sounding funny. Well, okay, the next part of the show was recorded a little bit later on, and it has like this weird echo effect going on, so forgive me uh, for the editing mistakes this week. All right, and then we have Dean calling his dad's cell phone, leaving a voicemail. He seems pretty upset. Seems like he's about to start crying. Uh, maybe a little scared there, too. Jenny has a plumber come and take a look at the old sink. And then there's the creepy toys that come to life and start clapping at some little monkey. I think he unplugs it and he flips the switch a few times. Then he sticks his hand down in the disposal. We all know what was about to happen. And it comes on when he sticks his hand there the second time around. And it even seems like the little monkey's laughing at him. The uh, Winchester boys take a trip over to the local garage and talk to one of their dad's old business partners. And basically learn he was stubborn and hard to love. He was, you know, a former Marine. He loved his wife and kids. And then the only other, like, clue or whatever, he said that something caused the fire that killed Mary. And then he said how John went into reading all these old books and going to see palm readers. And I guess that's when it rings a bell with old Dean and says, Oh, Missouri Mosley. And so they go find her, they track her down, and she knows who they are. She touches, I think it was Sam, she touches Sam and says she's sorry about his girlfriend and their dad. And basically she explains how she drew back the curtains for John as to what was really out there. Um, as we've you know, seen all the evil things, the spirits and the creatures and the whatever, all that evil stuff out there. And she did go to investigate the house and she said basically what was in there was pure evil. And this is a brief little interchange Jenny is being held responsible for the accident that happened in her house. She hears some noises upstairs and leaves little Ricky all alone. We cut back over Missouri. Says she's been keeping an eye on the place and nothing strange has happened you know, for all these years. But obviously something's starting. We, uh, we go back over to the house and something, uh, the entity, releases Ricky from his little pay pen prison and opens the fridge and he... Um, Little Ricky likes his juicer. Little Ricky goes over to the fridge, climbs inside, and the spirit, the force, the entity, closes the child safety lock on the outside of the fridge, locking the little boy inside. So Jenny comes back. Sue notices her kid's gone. She's frantic. She's looking for him. And finally, she sees the spilling milk, letting her know that he's inside the fridge. And then Missouri and the gang come over to the house and they talk to Jenny and telling her there's a force in the house. Something wants to hurt her and her family. She looks around. She goes into Sam's old nursery. Dean has his little EMF detector, and Missouri calls him an amateur. She can tell them that this is not what took their mom. It's something different. And she also recognizes that there's more than one spirit in the home. And basically, she or her theory is because of the evil that happened there, it's like an attracting thing now. Like it attracts the evil spirits, it attracts the poltergeist to this place. And basically, it just wants to kill the family. That's, that's her opinion. But she said she can't really determine what that second spirit was. And so, obviously, how do we stop this? And there's always a way, it seems. Um, her goal in this case is to purify the home. They um, send the family out and they start putting herbs and spices. Not the kind from the colonel, but the kind that are supposed to ward off evil spirits all over the home. Their plan is to put one on the north, south, east, west sides of the home. And theoretically, that would drive out the evil. And so they split up to do this, obviously. That's what happens. Missouri takes a beating with a table. And honestly, I thought she might have been dead. Sam's in trouble as well. 
I've got my notes here, but nothing really sticks out to me other than Dean's able to put his his bag in the wall of the little herbs, and bright white goes on. The house is in pretty bad shape after all the things that have happened, um, and they all think it's over except Sam. Jenny comes home and sees all the damage. Sam says they'll pay for it. Anyway, they all leave, um, and I guess later on that night, Jenny's in bed. And in classic, like, old-school, poltergeist-type fashion, her bed starts jumping up and down. Sam's still worried, and then Sam's dream actually does come true. The figure appears again. Dean goes after the mom, Sam. When Sam actually tells the kids what John Winchester told Dean, to, you know, here, take your brother outside or whatever, which is kind of cool. But then Sam is actually pulled back in by the, the poltergeist. So everyone's outside the home except for Sam. Dean gets to the car, grabs some basic fighting materials, while Sam is getting all beat up and tossed around. Sam is actually at one point being held up against the wall as the fire apparition or appears and it comes towards him. The, uh, the figure there becomes their mom, which was kind of confusing just a little bit. She tells Sam that she's sorry, then tells the other spirit to get out of her house and let go of her son. But So basically, as we learn here shortly, the mom spirit does kind of fight off the other spirit, and in doing that, she destroys herself, which kind of, kind of sucks. After all the commotion has settled down, Jenny gives the boys the pictures that she found. Missouri says, this house is clear, which is kind of from Poltergeist a little bit the old lady but anyway the um and that is actually when we learn that the mom destroyed herself protecting her boys and then we do kind of mention briefly sam still in, you know was able to detect the, the spirit even though missouri thought it was all over and then after pretty much everything's happened the little coda if you will at the end of the episode was missouri goes back to her place and john winchester's there which is weird. <laughs> she says Sam has some powerful abilities, but even though he has these powerful abilities, he could not even sense his own dad. Being, I guess, was in the home earlier when she when they came to visit Miss uh, Missouri, and basically we learned that John wants to see his kids. He just can't. He's still looking for the truth, and and soon on, soon in the season we definitely get some more into this story as to what happens and what's going on and why he's kind of run off and. and it, We'll get to that shortly here. We're going to jump into our Supernatural 5. We kind of run down five important moments of the episode and just talk about these for a few minutes. Supernatural 5, we'll count down the top five pivotal moments of this week's episode. Number five on my list, I guess, is going to be that Mary Winchester, when she was killed by the the force that we know what it is and who it is later on, but we don't currently know that if you haven't watched past episode number nine. After she was killed back in 83, her spirit stayed behind. Uh, and I don't necessarily think it was a vengeful spirit or anything. Obviously, she was still herself. She ended up sacrificing her spirit powers or whatever was remaining of her to save um, Sam and Dean. She um, was a fireball, though, which was kind of strange. And I guess... She was just embodying the thing that killed her or whatever. I don't, I don't really quite understand that part of it, but uh, I do think that's number five on my list. Mom killed, but spirit stays behind. Number four, this is definitely a big one. Uh, and it's kind of tied to another thing, so we're, we're kind of two of these together. Jenny moves into the house, 
and soon, soon, either before or even at the same time, Sam starts having the visions of what was going to happen. And so Jenny moves from Wichita over to Lawrence into the the old Winchester place, and she's still unpacking, and already evil forces are at work against her and her small kids, and uh, so that was definitely bad. But good thing for her, Sam Winchester's connected to the place, and he had visions of something bad happening there and was able to convince Dean to go back and check into it. I don't know, I guess we're going to not go too far into that. And we already kind of briefly touched on this. Number three on my list is Mom, Save Sam and Dean. Uh, That was definitely uh, the thing that, you know, cinched the episode. Uh, This is one of the cases where the guy's solution didn't actually work. And that does happen, I guess, occasionally where things go as planned, but the plan doesn't actually work. You know, they did what they thought they were supposed to. They had their little little remedy of the angelica root, the Van Van oil, and the crossroads dirt and stuck it into the different parts of the home and thought that it was all clear, but it wasn't. And Mom had to come in and save the day. But one side note to that, this house, apparently because of the evil that had happened there, was, as Missouri said, kind of a magnet that was attracting these spirits. Well, I would have to think the house is all clean. Some other spirits would come back, but I guess maybe not. We haven't really returned there that I can remember. Okay, so number two on my list, and this is definitely a pretty big one. Sam's psychicness or psychic abilities, however you want to term that, has come to the forefront. Like We've had some mention of this before. He didn't really want to share that with Dean a few episodes ago and Bloody Mary. We've got some hints, but this is the first time we really see Sam having visions, he explained what happened with um, Jessica, and they actually seek out to prevent something from happening, and it actually works. And so that's definitely a key point here early on in the series, you know, that's going to move us forward with what's going on with Sam as he you know, develops into who he is. And I definitely think that's a key, key moment here in this episode. And then definitely another key moment in this episode, number one on my list, John Winchester was with Missouri, and apparently he was there the whole time the Winchester boys were there. I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting she brings up the whole psychic thing that he could, that Sam could not detect him or sense him there. And, and like I mentioned earlier, John does have uh, a reasoning behind this. He feels like he can't be with his sons. He feels like he'd be in danger if he was there. But as we see, the, the Winchesters can face all sorts of things, and it's probably would be better for them to be together. Which I, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. See, I don't, I don't really understand John's mentality we get to it in a few episodes down the road and then i still think after that they were split up again for a while so we'll get into more of that later on and normally i think this is the part of the show where we would go into our little spoiler section we sometimes do we sometimes don't do and i think we're going to do a brief one of those here real fast and so i would go ahead and say skip ahead for about two minutes if you're not you know past this point of the show if you've only seen nine episodes of supernatural please don't listen to the next part but if you have you can you can listen to it and like i said skip ahead two minutes or you can click the next um chapter button because there's chapter functions here in our ac format and uh, we're going to start a little bit of spoilers now okay one thing about the winchesters uh, we definitely learned you know the thing that killed mom was azazel and then later on we learned that the reason it came to kill mom, Mary, is she made a deal with him to save John Winchester. <laughs> and that really started the trend for the Winchesters. And granted, at the time, she wasn't quite yet a Winchester. She was about to get engaged, I think, to, to John. Or maybe she was engaged. I don't 
quite remember every single detail back then. Uh, but we do see in a time travel episode that Mary made a deal with Azazel. Uh, and as we learn later on, John makes a deal to, uh, to bring Dean back. Dean makes a deal to bring Sam back. Sam makes deals. All, the, all these Winchesters, it's like, really, guys? You're supposed to be the good guys. You're supposed to be fighting evil. And yet, all the time, it seems like they're either willing to make a deal with one of these uh, crossroad demons or someone else. To, to do what they want to do. And so I can see how, and I guess the other part of that is funny a little bit, is they're always angry at the other one for doing it, even though they've done it and everybody else has done it, it or, or will do it later on. I mean, before they do it, I can see why they'd be angry. But after they've done it, it doesn't make much sense. But <laughs> they've, they've definitely crossed the line a whole bunch of times where they're supposed to be fighting against these evil forces and they're willing to, to jump in there with them. And and I guess that's one of those things, especially with Sam's development as he goes into the, his psychicness, um, his psychic abilities. You know, we learn where those come from. It comes from Azazel's demon blood, and that whole spiel. I mean, I guess definitely explored quite a bit with the different things he does with his powers. And he's awesome. He has some superpowers later on. And, you know, but it's at a cost. It's at a big cost. And so I guess we're going to stop the spoiler talk there. And we're going to move on into what would normally be actually right here, a travel log section. I mentioned Wichita, and they were in Lawrence, Kansas, so we don't really need to do a, a travel log, I don't think, this week. So that's going to take us on over into, I never remember which one of these is first or second. <laughs> but I think we're going to go into folklore and mythology, followed up by supernatural and pop culture. This week in folklore and mythology. All right, well, this time for Folklore and Mythology, we have a, a number of things we'll talk about real fast, and then we'll get into the ones we need to talk about a little bit more. I mentioned Poltergeist again, as always, almost, it seems like almost every episode we mentioned that. You can skip over that one for this go-around. Malevolent Spirit, again, we've, we've had the whole idea of the, kind of a similar situation there. I don't really need to get into that too much. And there's a few things we will talk about here. I think we've talked about psychic stuff too. And that's kind of hard to, to really break all this stuff down. It's like, well, we've discussed a lot of this stuff already, I feel. But we definitely have Missouri Mosley, the psychic, slash palm reader. And then we'll, we'll probably talk about that just a little bit. And then we have a few mentions of a few other things, like a vanished boat crew. Maybe, they didn't really say ghost ship, but they did say a vanished boat crew. They did say cattle mutilation. And then we have our little concoction, I guess we could briefly mention, uh, about the Angelica root, the Van Van Oil, and the Crossroad Dirt. We'll start off with a brief little discussion, I guess, of psychics and palm readers. Okay, well, originally when I recorded this, I had stopped, and then I noticed that there was some audio issues. And then this is where I noticed that initially, so we're going to jump into that here. All right, well, I just listened to a little bit of audio there. It sounded a little funny, so hopefully we got this cleaned up here for the rest of the show. But um, again, we will start off with a little bit of talk of psychics and palm readers. People saying they can tell your future. They can read some variation of a, maybe a card or a crystal ball or, uh, or your palm, your actual lines in your hand or whatever to um, determine your love life, your future, your, I don't know. I don't put much stock into that stuff personally, but there are people who do that in the real world that isn't limited to the fictional world of supernatural and mentioned in here slightly my favorite psychic personally would be sean from psych who is fake by the way and 
brief side note here. I really feel like Sean and Gus are a Americanized, funny version of Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. I really do. I don't know if that's anything in truth that they were literally based on Holmes and Watson, but that's really the way I kind of see the show, the way that Sean analyzes everything, the way Gus does have some medical background, and how Sean seems to kind of get in the way of Gus's relationships. But yeah, I do like Psych. <laughs> All right. Well, another thing, and okay, again, I'm cutting back in here, which is probably good since the audio quality is just really jacked up this episode. Sorry about that, everyone. But I, I was just thinking here, Missouri is very helpful here with her psychic abilities, her medium powers, whatever she has. I know Sam later on has some some issues kind of similar to that, I guess. We kind of touched on here briefly with this episode where he's having these psychic dreams. But why don't the guys find them a psychic as one of their helpers? And, like, that would be so useful as for a hunter. I mean, that would make the job so much easier. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Thought that would be good. And, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of something like a Paranormal State. I don't know if you've ever seen that reality show. And I'm sure it's just like every other reality show. I'm sure lots of it is staged and whatnot. But anyway, one of their things, they go investigate a supposedly haunted place. And usually they'll have some sort of a priest or some sort of a psychic come in and and help them in their investigation. So that would probably help the Winchesters out quite a bit if they had someone like Missouri all of the time. Just thought I'd throw that in here. They briefly mentioned, I, I seriously just briefly mentioned this, was vanished boat crews and cattle mutilations. It's trying to look for signs of evil going on. And there's been stories for hundreds of years um, and I guess they're still going on now that where boats are out to sea and people come across them. They're kind of, it's not necessarily a ghost ship because it's, it's a real ship, but there's no one on board. Um, there's no signs of life. There's no signs of um, whatever. And there's all sorts of things that can happen out on the sea, whether it be a storm or who knows what. And uh, definitely, definitely still happens. I do think that's kind of interesting thing that just randomly threw out there along the same lines is the idea of cattle mutilations but honestly i think i've seen some evidence from different documentaries i've seen i honestly don't remember where i saw the documentary and it basically showed that that's pretty much a natural phenomenon but it looks really funny and so people think that it's lasers and aliens or something to that effect but and again i like the show is it real and it may have been something like that uh, or it may have been another one where they showed some Really good, like, analysis of what, what's going on there and how it legitimately can be um, explained. Not just a alien force come down or government experiment or whatever conspiracy theories out there might be. Then um, it, it really could just be a natural phenomenon. But anyway, again, I don't know the uh, all the details where I saw that. It was really cool, though. I really enjoyed it. And then last but not least, I guess we'll get into just really, really briefly here. Their, their idea of like purifying the house. And I want to talk a little bit about the crossroad dirt just because that kind of ties into some other things that we see later on in the show. And that, we definitely have uh, something similar to that little concoction whenever they go to make a deal at the crossroads, which we see quite a few times. Um, and that's, you know, a legend that's out there, for, has been for years and years. And um, they even touch on it in the show um, later on. And I don't think that's necessarily a spoiler, but like Tommy Johnson, Robert Johnson, whatever you want to call him, the blues singer only had a few songs recorded way back when the legend says that he allegedly made a, a deal with the devil or whatnot at a crossroads and in the show there's several occasions where they have 
something, whatever it is, a little, little box, and they put all the little, little ingredients in there, and they bury it in the middle of the crossroads and can make deals and whatnot. So <laughs> I definitely want to kind of just touch on that. So I do think it's interesting that something that is used in a deal-making type situation, the crossroads dirt, is used here to kind of purify the place. I thought that was kind of strange. But hey, they have their own mythology and their own uh, way things work, their little rules they come up with. So, all right. Well, we've we've been going on for a little while now, and we're going to jump into our supernatural and pop culture. Supernatural and pop culture. One thing we, we I mentioned it already, actually, is when there was a Early on in the show, when the little daughter said that there was a uh, a monster or something in her closet, and the mom um, told her there was nothing there and covered the door up with the chair and all that stuff, I definitely I said there earlier in the recap that it reminded me of Major Pain, which was a Damon Wayans movie back from the '90s, and he <laughs> he has a little boy that he's kind of watching out for, and he has his gun since he's a military man, and he fires off a few rounds there into the closet when the boy says that there's a monster in there. And in his kind of strange way of talking in that movie, he says something to the effect of that, if he's in there, he ain't happy. And so uh, that was pretty funny. And then Dean at one point mentions to Sam as as he's having his psychic abilities, he calls it the shining. And personally, the only place I've ever really heard that particular term was from the movie, the shining, but I would assume it's probably been out there somewhere else at some point where the little boy in that movie does have some sort of psychic abilities. Um, it's not super explained or anything, but it does seem like he has a connection with the old man, the um, groundskeeper who um, tries to come and help him at the, near the end of the, you know, the climax of that movie. And the, the shining was the 1977 novel by Stephen King. And, and then there was the original 1980 version of the movie. Um, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring Jack Nicholson. And then there was also the TV miniseries back in 97 that had uh, Steven Weber from Wings and was recently featured on Falling Skies. But I definitely, I really haven't ever heard The Shining referred to in any other way other than in that movie as referring to like a, a psychic ability. And then also in relation to The Shining, I think it was Dean breaking through a door with an axe. And so that was kind of like the, here's Johnny kind of moment of The Shining, just a little bit, minus the here's Johnny part. And <laughs> I guess that's about all for that. Um, when the mom, Jenny, goes back home, um, after they think the house is all cleared and, and all ready to go, the bed is jumping, and that's like classic Exorcist stuff, or, or some of the parodies that have made fun of the Exorcist over the years, like Repossessed or... Or whatever. There's been a lot of that kind of stuff too. A lot of this stuff, I kind of feel like you guys would probably be kind of aware of, and so I don't. I never know how much detail to go into or not. Um, I just like to make mention of it. Maybe if you didn't catch it, and there was a mention of Zelda Rubenstein at one point. And if you're not familiar, I actually kind of quoted one of her um, lines earlier when uh, I said the house is Clea. She was in the three Poltergeist movies. I think she was probably. Maybe the only person who was, but she was in the original 1982 movie, the 1986 sequel of Poltergeist The Other Side, and as well as Poltergeist 3. And she played the medium, who was kind of crazy a little bit, Tangia Barons. She even actually may also made a guest appearance in the TV show Poltergeist The Legacy in 1996. It's kind of interesting. And she um, actually passed away just over two years ago when she was 76 years old. So, 
All right, well, that's going to be all for this week's Supernatural and Pop Culture. Well, actually, this week, I mean, we just normally where we jump into our um, Driver Picks the Music segment, but there was really nothing other than Supernatural music from the show Supernatural this go-around, so I guess we're going to jump on over into our last little segment of the show, our Supernatural Cast Feedback, where we hear some comments or whatever from you, the listeners of the show. And don't forget, next time we'll be talking about Asylum. So that's one of the, I think, really good episodes of Season 1. So if you want to mention some of your thoughts or whatever about Asylum, be sure to send those on in for us so they'll be included next go-round. Supernatural Cast Feedback. All right, well, I got one email, but it says it's from Twitter. I don't really know how that works, but... It was from Lauren, and uh, it says, Please put a shout-out for the biggest Jensen Ackles fan. Lauren, love this show. And so, thanks, Lauren. And then also, over on Twitter, we have, have awesome people who send us Follow Fridays quite a bit, and I always appreciate those. I'd like to mention you guys, at my SPN site, DK, at the GSPN, at Gil underscore Grundy, at IMKGruber4, at Wheezy02, at IHeartJensenA, at... Kathy Wilkins, and that's really the majority of our interactions on Twitter. I don't Follow Fridays. Also at Jersey Girl and PR. But also since our, our last broadcast, as we mentioned early on in the early part of the episode, Supernatural did win two People's Choice Awards, and we um, had a couple of, of mentions. I guess around that time, people were jumping up and down with excitement. Um, that's what at Grace Beauty Par on Twitter says. Also, the show is amazing and deserves this award. Also, how are we celebrating this award, guys? When and where? I better get an invite. LOL. So definitely thanks to at Grace Beauty Par for that. When I mentioned that Supernatural was finally on Netflix um, back on January 30th, at Track E-R-E-M on uh, the Twitter says at Supernatural Cast at Netflix this week! Exclamation point. So that was cool. Also, at Gil underscore Grundy says, Thanks for the follow. Anyone who loves Supernatural is a friend of mine. So, that's cool. Appreciate it. And that's pretty much all, I guess, from the area on Twitter messages and such. Other than, of course, all the wonderful email or messages you get saying, I can't believe there's some nasty things being said about you that would um, hack your account or whatever. Or somebody asking you if you want to lose weight or... You know, all those little lovely junk mails you get in your <laughs> direct message box on Twitter. So if you want to interact with us on Twitter, please feel free. Again, I always say this. It's kind of lame, just a little. Our uh, name on Twitter is Supernatra, without the, uh, Supernatural without the L, so Supernatra Cast on Twitter. And then also we are on Facebook, so if you want to find us there, you can. You search for Supernatural Cast and you should be able to find us. All right, and since that last episode, we've had uh, at least one new person find our Supernatural Cast Facebook page. And Courtney says, just found your podcast. I'm really a super fan love that you're taking us back through the seasons. We all have memories of the show, and you're also pointing out things we may have missed. Keep up the good work. Also made a couple other comments. She also says, no problem. I love the show and have been watching it since season one. I'm glad I found an actual podcast for it. LOL. Are you going to do any other Supernatural conventions in the future or add people to your podcast panel? And then one last uh, thing she said there was cool. Well, I'm looking forward to all you have to give to the awesome fandom. And Definitely appreciate Courtney finding us on Facebook and sending us some messages over there. It is nice to know that someone's out there and has found us and has listened to our show. Uh, it definitely encourages me to, to podcast, so I do appreciate that. And then one more thing I did want to mention. I finally I posted a message I was finally recording yesterday, because it's Wednesday now as I speak. 
and four people liked the fact that we were that I'd posted that, and that was Shannon, Courtney, Kimberly, and Dwayne. So thanks everybody for the support over on the Facebook page. And um, if you haven't found us over there, you can just again search for Supernatural Cast Facebook, and you should find us. And I uh, don't have any voicemails to get into, so that's pretty much going to wrap up our Supernatural Cast feedback. And that's pretty much going to wrap up our little show here. It's going to tell you how you can get in contact with us. So I guess first of all, we should say you can go to SupernaturalCast.com. I don't really mention that very often, but you can go there for important information about the show. You can call in and let your voice be heard at 203-74-SUPER. That's 203-747-8737. You can email us at mail at SupernaturalCast.com. Like I mentioned earlier, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at SupernaturalCast there. And you can also find us in Facebook, Google Plus, and iTunes if you just search for Supernatural Cast. And we'd definitely love to hear from you for next episode as we talk about Asylum. And hopefully that'll be sooner than a month from now or something. <laughs> anyway, and I do just want to remind you one more time. I don't know if you mentioned it this episode. Um, after I say goodbye here, we'll get into the Dean Quote of the Week which will take us into our outro music and end the episode. So thank you once again for listening. From the Supernatural cast, I am Jimmy and Georgia. Peace. It's time for the Dean Quote of the Week. This woman might be in danger. I mean, this might even be the thing that killed Mom and Jessica. All right, just slow down, would you? <laughs> I mean, first you tell me that you've got The Shining... And then you tell me that I've got to go back home? Especially when... When what? When I swore to myself that I would never go back there? Alright, we're going to jump into our f- f- Mom killed Let's steer it Number three on my list was move But he is Legend The original 1980 uh, Film adaptation Adaptation <laughs>